This is Real Talk. Hi there, I'm Dr. Joylyn Maniachi, creatrix and founder of The Happiness Clinic. I'm the world's premier nerd on communication and relationship dynamics, helping make relationships easier by showing you how to get out of your way, how to get more of you in your life so that you can be happy as fuck. Hi there, it's Dr. Joylyn Maniachi and welcome to your power hour. This is your time to put what's on your mind on my mind and I'll give you my two cents for free. What a deal, isn't that such a great deal? Where else can you find something like that? And let me be honest here to start because this is real talk. I had no freaking clue what to talk about today even though there's been some really great questions coming in. Somebody wanted to know a little bit more about uh, the victim um, archetype. Somebody asked to say, hey, when, when these relationships are falling apart, how do you deal with your feelings, including some really intense things like anger and hate that come up? How, how are we working with that? A collection of client interactions, you know, that always kind of, it's interesting how people, we, we are all connected. We are all consciousness. So there's like this trend. And then in the past week or two weeks, it's, it's been my life that's, that's, that's included in that trend. And so I'm going to do my best to actually bring all of this together. So I may ramble, I might digress. But this is, this is trying to, to answer your questions and be a resource to you because a lot, when we're struggling, we're never struggling in isolation. For one, we're never totally alone. That's kind of a lie we tell ourselves. But we do have these trends. We're tapped into energies and a lot of us are having some of the same or similar struggles, questions, and issues come up and, and, and seem to work through. Because we, a lot of us, have very similar backgrounds. The ins and outs of it are totally different. The geography, the number of siblings, but that we came into dysfunctional family systems. That we were programmed, reinforced, modeled to put our attention to other people and things outside of ourselves. And to get our validation from outside of ourselves. These things we have in common. And then when you start to wake up from that, you start to untangle from that and unprogram, things can look like they're falling apart. And, and how do you do that? Because everything that you know now is all over the place. You don't know what you can count on, who's there for you, what you can trust. Because all of these things are asking us to love ourselves and trust ourselves because we came to know ourselves. That's what the soul is really asking for. And everything in our life is showing up because it's, it's leaning in or lending to that experience. How do we get to know ourselves? Where is more love needed? All of these things come up. So what I'm talking about, how I titled this is how to live life on your terms. I don't know if you saw it. I posted it the other day. I'm an executive contributor for Brains Magazine, which actually has a lot more to do with business and lifestyle, but it includes relationships because business is relationships. And there's a lot of times that we get stuck in our habits because we just don't have a good direction. 
and we all have this wish and, and an admiration for people who seem to just make things happen and live life on their terms. How do I get to be that person? And so there's actually a question that's going to clarify what's getting in the way and also clarify the direction um, because without it, we tend to fall back into our habits, one of which will be a victim type. So let's start kind of at the beginning. I've said it before. I'll say it over and over. The process of change is thus. You are an infinite being. You are a soul. You are the divine. You are that creative spark. That genius sparkle, that is the universe. That's you. That's who you really, really are. Now you've incarnated on this physical plane. Now when I talk about trauma, everybody always thinks that a traumatic childhood like child abuse, sexual abuse, some, some sort of bankruptcy, living in poverty, incarnating and going from the divine realm into the physical realm can be traumatic. You once were connected and knew who you were, the infinite capability that you had. Now you're in a physical plane. And one of the deals that comes with being on earth is you forget. You forget that and you lose that connection. That's just part of uh, the learning process here. That alone's traumatic. Then you put that in, you incarnate it into an infant body because that's how the human system works. That's how this one works. You do not have reliable control over your limbs. You would like to communicate. You have thoughts. You have awarenesses, but you don't have verbalization. You can't get other people to understand you. So you do your best and they guess wrong. And depending on what past life experiences, what you might be prone to, what the people outside of you, what their tendencies to interpret, because you're just in a sponge and absorbing all this, you might think it's because they don't care. It's because nobody listens. It's because there's something wrong with you. Something like that. Trauma can get locked in early and incidentally. It does not have to be outrightly horrible upbringing. However, a lot of us also do have that. A lot of us have a background with abuse or neglect or emotional manipulation, something like that. So we've, we've got a lot to come over. Okay. Now, you don't want to live that way. You're greater than that. Your soul is not going to be satisfied to live and die that way. So it is infinitely curious. And it says, what else can I do? What other experience can I have that will add to the collective? Because we're all about contribution too. That's another part of consciousness. So here's where I am. What would I like to experience? And how do I get there? And it is infinitely creative in having experiences, drawing people into your life so that you will have that experience, learn that lesson, but then you move on and there's more. So that's why some things keep coming up because there's things that you want to master. Um, But it is always, always coming from you. Everything in the universe is responding to you. We forget this. It's part of the forgetting. So what happens is we go in our heads and we try to make it make sense. Why? Because when we were small little beings from zero to six operating primarily in theta brainwave patterns and just absorbing all the energy, all the information, just 
just allowing it to come in. It's like meditation because these are the brainwave states you're trying to get into meditation when you are just very receptive. That's what you are when you're little and you're just picking up from all the people around you, from the media, from the authorities, from your parents. This is how the world works. This is what's valuable here. And one of the things that is very valuable here is intellect and having answers. And so that when we don't have answers, we think that there's a problem. And then we go into problem solving and solving problems is very valuable, right? So we can get stuck in this. And we overly rely on our intellect when there are things going on, the soul's working on a different plane and we're trying to, it's like we're taking this spherical process and trying to make it make sense on a line. That's what's actually happening and it doesn't work too well. Now, however that goes, then there are certain emotional characteristics and traits of the people around us that we picked up on that then we repeated and made into our own habits. And one of the most common is being a victim. Victim I believe everybody has it to a certain extent. Some people display it because there are other archetypes. There's, there's the prostitute archetype, a saboteur archetype. Uh, I put child and victim a lot of times in the same, although there can be different uh, types of, of child archetypes depending on whose literature you're reading. Um, there's the saboteur. Maybe I mentioned that one. Uh, there's, there's several of them. But the victim is very common because it's very common here. So there's a very good likelihood that you grew up in or around uh, that sort of mentality so that you have some of it. And then how much it expresses in your life varies depending on the time, the age of wounding, who you're with, what wounding and wounded edges are getting rubbed at the time. But the reason that it pervades and stays and is so freaking sneaky is because it looks innocent and it poses itself as innocent. And I'm going to give you a little bit of a story into my life because I think stories highlight these things. So this weekend, my husband and I, well, I can back up, but I'll start here. My husband and I went on a camping trip and we brought our dog. And I've been doing a health challenge, so it's, there's, there's a lot of uh, extra effort into the times and types of foods that I'm eating and, and how to make it all work so that, this, so that I can keep up with this because I said that I would. So we're in the car, and I'm eating my little green thing, and I have the big salt out, um, and I had packed it you know, in a little to-go cup, so that I would have it so that it's palatable so I can get it down. It's not that bad really, but I like salt. Um, and my dog's sitting in my lap and we're in the car. And so I'm managing the dog in my lap, the, the drink slash food in my hand with a spoon and the big crystal sea salt next to me holding on to it so that when we're on this bumpy road, it's not flying all over the place. Okay. And it's, it's going all right, you know, and then all of a sudden, my dog decides to move from my lap to my husband's lap and spills the salt all over the place. And I just, I lost it. I was holding it together and then I lost it, you know? And then my husband yells at me. 
And I was like, oh my goodness, are you kidding? I was holding it together. It's the dog that decided he had to, at this moment, change laps when there was no indication. Because a lot of times he gets up and turns around and stuff. He just decided to bolt over there for whatever reason. I don't know. And then the, the car's a mess with salt. And then he's mad at me. And I was like, oh my goodness, I can't believe this. And so we end up going round and round because I move the dog to the back seat to get him out. I'm trying to, and my husband's mad at me and all oh, your special diet and it takes too much effort and this and that. And I'm like, fine, I just won't eat anymore. And I totally went into this little child. And, and, and the thing that was going through my mind is this isn't fair. All I wanted was to be able to keep my diet in order and I did everything I could. I packed it. I waited till we stopped. I was holding the dog and holding the salt so there wouldn't be a mess. Like I was doing everything I could and it all blows up in my face. And how does that always happen? And then so my arguments to him were just to keep justifying how I didn't do anything wrong. It wasn't my fault. And when we finally calmed down, what he actually was actually frustrated was, was with my reaction to my dog and how upset I got and just, oh, immediately went into, oh, I can't believe this happened. And that's when it hit me. I went into victim. And it was so sneaky and subtle because there wasn't a grand display of martyrdom. It just seemed so obvious. I had done everything that I could. How come this can't just work out? What's going on? That's not fair. I will take you to another. Let's fast forward two days. Two days, okay? So there's been one eye-opening awareness. Okay, this is awesome. Not. Two days later, we're home. It's good. I'm going to make co coffee. I've, I've broken some of the rules of my thing, and I'm having coffee, but the decaf kind, okay, so it's not caffeine. And the coffee grinder won't work. I got whole bean, fair trade, decaf coffee so that I could still sort of be within the limits of this thing. And then the coffee grinder won't work to work in our coffee maker. And I'm like, I don't get it. It worked two days ago. Like, I just did this. And I immediately hang my head, and I just said, oh, not today. And it's funny because that day today did not have a great deal of time constraints. Uh, I didn't have to have coffee. You know, it, there was no physiological need. It was just something that I wanted. And, and, and so, but I immediately went into this defeated place. And again, he, he held out and did fairly well and then kind of got irritated after a bit, you know. Um, and lost his patience with me and then is like, why can't you just do this? And I'm just saying, I didn't do anything wrong. Why can't it just work for me? And then it was just like back to back, a one-two punch of Joy Lynn, this is what you're doing. You're showing up as a victim. You're going immediately into defeat. Instead of trying to gather more information, get a better handle on the problem. And so... How I am now is very different from how I was before because these like sort of blow ups would have ruined an entire day, 
would have caused a day or more of arguing with my husband. And now it's minutes to hours. Huge, huge difference. And so one thing that I want to impress upon you is progress is happening. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't mean we're not going to be without problems. It doesn't mean that you're never going to wrestle with these things again. It just means that it's going to be going faster. You're going to get the awarenesses faster and you're going to be be able to make choices and move and navigate the situations differently. This is what it is. But here's the other thing. These things showed up. Why do they show up? Because I had asked a question first. Now, sometimes we know the question. Sometimes we don't because it's that soul calling. But in this case, I actually had a pretty clear awareness of what it is I'd asked for. Because my business is, is changing and, and scaling now. And the way that I'm uh, positioning myself and the way that I actually have structured my program is changing. And so the price has, has gone up. And I'm still been in some of the older circles where it was always about money and always about giving more creating free resources, and what I find is my business wasn't scaling, A, and then two, the conversations were a lower grade conversation than I wanted to have. And when there's a bigger investment, people show up more presently, more powerfully, and they dig in and they do it, and the quality of conversation the quality of questions that they're asking is so much better and higher, and that's the level that I really want to work at. And so I had said, what's it going to take for me to jump so that that's where I swim on the regular? Not that I'm just jumping in there from once in a while and trying it out, but that's where I live from now on. Like, what's that going to take? Because I know where I'd like my business to be. I know what quality of conversations I'd like to have. I know where I actually uh, display my gifts and abilities and they're received better so that there's just like this overwhelming and overflowing uh, receptivity and give and take cycle to where having people, me coaching is enlivening to me. For them to have a coach that's gone through this is enlivening to them and so it's just a more uh, uplifting higher level of living and loving that, that I'm just like, that's, that's what I'm having. I'm moving in that direction. That's what my soul wants. So all these things were the stuff that wasn't congruent with that, that was showing up. And it was my victim. It was my immediate move into defeat. I've talked about familiar bad places, that emotional addiction, that when we, when something new or challenging comes up, we go there. That's mine. And it's coming up to go. It's coming up for me to take another step away from it. It's coming up not for me to engage, not to process, not to refine my understanding around it, not to get a better idea of where and who it came from, at what age, what person it was. I'm aware that it's there. I'm aware that it's not working for me. It's time to let it go. So that's where I'm saying one of the things, if you're going to live life on your terms, there's things that aren't going to be able to go with you. Some of them will be relationships. Some of them, most of them, are going to be ways of being that you have been, your habits, your emotional habits, your synaptic 
routes that have been burned into your brain are going to have to get fritzed and extinguished and allowed to be grown over and rerouted. So we're going to have to unlearn some things. Some of it's unlearning how, unlearning learned helplessness. Isn't that weird? Because that's what the victim does. It's learned helplessness. I couldn't possibly do this on my own. I did everything I possibly could, except for follow through all the way to the end, except for not react, except for not interpret that it has nothing to do with fairness and it's actually just part of the process showing up of where I could show up differently and more powerfully. Because when you ask a question like that, what's in the way is going to show up and the universe is having it show up because it's immediately giving you an opportunity to show up in the way that you'd like. So the question that I'm telling you that I wrote about in that article that's going to allow you to start living life on your terms that I ask every client in the first session is how do you want to show up? How do I want to show up? Because I bet 100% of people even if they have a really strong victim archetype, you know, even dominating at time, if you say, is this how you want to show up? That's not really how they want to show up. They don't want to be at the effect of everyone else. Now, that'll be 9 out of 10, because 1 out of 10 might actually still be getting their power, their attention, their affection, some of their needs met that way, and they might still be at a level of consciousness where that's the only way that they can fathom getting it, that's okay. At some point, it's going to break down because their soul is going to ask what else is possible and then it's going to show up and then they can work on it. Everybody's going at their own pace. Everybody's going according to what their soul is looking to have an experience and it's all okay. But if it's not okay for you, if you don't like feeling pathetic, if you are bored or just irritated as fuck about feeling powerless like you can't do anything and you're hitting your head against the same wall. And if there's anything of, I didn't do anything wrong, it isn't fair, how come I have to do this and he doesn't? That comes up very, very often in uh, client sessions when we start working on leadership. Because ladies, especially, the paradigm is shifting. We're going into a divine feminine matriarchal kind of paradigm. You're the visionaries. We have always been able to keep some connection with our intuition. And that's what's being called for now. A less reliance on this logical, linear problem-solving mode and more into the intuition. Not to go to the entire other extreme. That's the thing we got to watch for is we can easily go into toxic femininity. Just as we've gone into toxic masculinity, we can go into this and say intuition and all of my feelings are accurate and empaths for the love of God, stop. All of your feelings are not accurate. They're all valid. They're all present. They're all information. But you have to ask questions to validate the information before you assume you're right, especially when it comes to someone else. That is one of the skills that we have to learn is one, how to use questions as tools. And how do I want to show up is a really, really powerful tool because it immediately gets you out of trying to guess what somebody else wants. Because that's how a lot of us grew up. 
So when I say, how do I want to show up here? It has nothing to do with anyone else. And it also has nothing to do with the outcome. If the question is, how do I want to show up? It's all about me. And how do I want to present? How do I want to think? How do I want to feel? And how do I want to respond so that I handle this and come out feeling, feeling like a badass? It's not about how do I get this person to do this, which is what most of us have been trained to do. How do I get them to understand me? How do I get them to see my point of view? How do I get them to do this so that I feel safe? How do I want to show up? If I want to show up as a badass, the happiness comes from inside. The security comes from inside. The safety comes from inside. The confidence comes from inside. That is what I'm talking about when I'm talking about being selfish to become selfless because when I know that I've got what it takes to make sure that I'm safe, that I'm whole, that I'm complete, that I'm happy, I am going to be filled up from the inside and I'm going to overflow and then it's going to be easy for me to be there for other people. And because I'm confident, I don't have to prove myself to other people and I don't have to have anybody prove themselves to me. When I'm confident and I have a good idea of how the fucking process of life and change happens, I don't feel like things are happening to me anymore. So that when that victim shows up, I can be like, oh, no, no, no. What actually is, are you asking for? Because here's the other thing about archetypes and feelings. They're not wrong. They are just showing us where we need more love, where there's still some wounding. And over this weekend and into even yesterday, little things have been coming up that have been showing me one of the things that I still have is feeling like I'm not enough. I'm not doing enough. And it's deep. So it's not really surprising that after decades of doing this work that there's still bits of that in there. But it is nowhere near the level the pervasiveness, the amount of effort and intention to defend it, the amount of engagement and amount of attention that I pay to it, what happens now is I hear it for what it is. This is old shit. This is not congruent with who I'd like to be. And how do I know who that is even? I asked, how do I want to show up? And how I'm showing up right now is not a match and that is actually what's so uncomfortable. That is actually often what we're responding to is the awareness of the incongruence between who we'd like to be and how we'd like to show up and how we're actually showing up in the present moment. That's what we're usually reacting to. And what the victim does is just try to protect us from the pain of that. It's okay, I wasn't doing anything wrong. It's not my fault. It isn't fair. It's just one of the protective mechanisms. And really what the victim most often wants is, at least in my case, what I know is, can it just be okay for me to be me? Can it be okay to make a mistake? I didn't grow up in a place where it's actually okay to make mistakes. You were stupid. It was, and actually, probably all of us have a past lifetime where a mistake literally cost us our lives, and we may have brought that with us. So when I'm talking old shit, I'm talking old shit that might not have even come from this lifetime. 
Some of our magics even cost us our life, so we've been afraid to hide that. But now it's our soul wants to know. We want to see ourselves completely as whole and as divine as, as physically possible in a physical realm. Because wouldn't that be fun? Wouldn't it be just great to just know who you were? To have, be confident and happy and to let go of this insecurity. And it is possible. The question is going to point us to the, to the clarity of what's coming up that's not congruent and also the clarity of what direction am I going is how do I want to show up here? Then I automatically have direction and I'm going to see myself where I'm not showing up as that. But instead of going into judgment, we just say, oh, thank you. It's, what, what's happening is you're just getting the information in a way that, that isn't always pleasant. But it's there. And I'm, I'm in this class, and I love this guy. You've probably heard of him, Jim Quick. He does all these super brain things. But he said, feedback is the breakfast of superheroes. It's not failing. It's not fucking up. Although fucking up can be fun sometimes, so it, it can be that. But that it's feedback. It's all just feedback of what's working, what's not, what needs adjustment, what needs more self-love, what needs a little bit more attention. And what's feedback? Here's what feedback is in real life. It's what's currently showing up in your life right now. It's how you're feeling. It's how your body's functioning. It's how you're sleeping. It's how people are responding to you. It's how many bad things happen in a day. It's the content of your conversation. It's everything. What's showing up is all about you. And if it doesn't match who you'd like to be, let me tell you the easy button. There's a whole lot that you can just drop because it's trash. It wasn't yours to begin with. It's old programming. It's stuff that you have tried and tried and tried and tried to make work that doesn't work, that never could work because it's not you. Being insecure, being a victim, being outright mean to yourself or others, being harsh and judgmental, being cruel, being critical, that's not you. You're a loving, caring being. You just got to give it to yourself. You have to start getting curious about what does that mean and what actually is kindness and caring. Because what we've been taught that it is, isn't actually it. My mom thinks that worrying is loving. So that the more she's worrying about you, the more she's loving you. But it's not. It's actually just kind of like smothering. Because nothing changes. And what's also weird is she's never relieved that things turned out well. It's like, uh, like she's almost skeptical and still just waiting for something bad to happen because she loves me so much she's just never, ever going to stop worrying. And it's deteriorating. It's deteriorated our relationship because then there's never a celebration. There's not like happiness when good things happen. It's always just like if, like, and I've had to break the pattern of coming out of when, good some, when something good happened to be looking for the bad thing that's going to follow it. To me being the bad thing and destroying it to follow it so that I could just get it out of the way. These are patterns we learn early on. They're unconscious. She doesn't really totally know she's doing this. I've been bringing it up more because our relationship has deteriorated and she wonders why. So I tell her, 
Look at the content of our conversation. Look at how you responded when I said something good happened to me. I want to be around a different level of player, of people. People who actually are happy when happy things happen, who understand that bad things aren't the norm. They don't have to be the norm. They really don't. Now that bad things happen is actually more or less interpretation, and how we're interpreting is mostly just a habit, our emotional set point. Where do you go when you interpret things? When somebody doesn't call you back right away, what's the first thing that you think of? When somebody gives you a compliment, what do you think? They're trying to get something from you, or do you think that they actually think, or do you need to give it right back because you can't have it? I've done all of those things. <laughs> we're ridiculous creatures. But underneath is just this ridiculously curious soul. It just says, I want to know everything there is to know about me. So I'm going to come to earth and forget everything that I ever knew and see if I can find a new different way to be. It's crazy, but it can be fun. And the more we understand how the process works, we can flow with it better. Now, I'm going to take a look at my notes and a drink because I don't think I've gone with them at all. Give me a thumbs up if you're following this so far, if it's all kind of making sense. If you have a question, anything that I can riff on, I can go, because apparently it's just off the cuff today. This is, this is total freedom, your two cents for free. But I wrote, as soon as you ask to change, all right, we got thumbs up, people are getting it. Okay, ask a question if you got it. As soon as you ask to change, all that isn't congruent is going to show up. And let me tell you, here's another thing. The reason that this power hour is this way is because I was incoherent. I am in a process right this minute. I just told you about a couple of things in the last two days where it has been in my face, where I've gone into defeat and victimhood right away. I just came back from being in my childhood home, seeing where I got all this, seeing the content of the conversation, how I had such a proclivity to complain and how I've come out of that. And, and so there's some delight in that of seeing how far I've come, but it was an intense process. So it's just been intense, intense, intense. And here's the other thing. When you're in these processes and where we tend to go into reaction is because we're trying so hard to make it make sense. And it doesn't, and here's the other thing, there is, there's these moments where we don't even know who we are because all of our reference points are changing. It's like you're on the monkey bars, you know, like when you're, you know, the monkey bars and you go from one to the other, they are spaced so that you, unless you're twisted in the way that you're not supposed to go, if you're going forward, they are spaced in a way that you cannot hold on to one without letting go of the other. And where we are sometimes in this process is actually both are just a hairline out of reach to where we can't hold on to this and we're just about ready to grasp onto that new one. And there's that space in between where you could be like the Looney Tunes that if you look down, you'll drop down, you know, and you're infinite. So if you want to see if the bottom can drop, it can. Sometimes people talk about rock bottoms and I wish they wouldn't because what I know about rock bottoms is if you look for the bottom to drop, it can because you are infinite. All it takes is for you to say enough's enough, I want something else. The hard, hard life lessons are when the soul is like, get it already, I want to move on. And this is the only way I'm going to catch your freaking attention. I'm going to make it so painful you cannot ignore it anymore. We can short circuit that a little bit by paying attention to our soul and what it is we'd really want, 
how do I want to show up? How do I want to be? If I'm living life on my terms, what does that even mean? Because so much of us bought that success meant money, it meant a marriage, it meant a diamond ring and a white picket fence and 2.5 kids and this kind of car. And then when we have it or something close, we wonder why we don't feel filled up. Because that's not what success ever was to me. Success to me is that I've laughed every day. That, I have, that I've moved every day in all planes of direction. That's one of mine. It's, it's a kind of a weird one. Uh, success to me is it's, it's less about the mon- amount of money. Like, of course, that's important because there's just things you got to take care of. And life does get less stressful when the basics are met. But I want organic food because I want to change the food system. And I vote with my dollar, so I want to be buying exclusively organic that's, that's a tough pill to swallow sometimes because some of that's like, holy crap. But those, that's, and, and I want to more and more flexibility is becoming a part of my success to where I am intelligent, I'm intellectual, I was a gifted child, I did have a history of abuse, and so I will dig in to be right for it to not be my fault and it to somehow be you. And I'm a good arguer, but more and more I see what a freaking waste of my academic brain. If I just drop that because there's actually nothing good that's going to come from that. I get my maybe split second of satisfaction, but it's so much flatter than I thought it was going to be. That it's just like, okay, what if just I've had enough of those to where I'm just like, yeah, that actually just isn't interesting. What's more interesting is how can we get through this together? Instead of how do I get you on my page, how do we hold hands and jump into the next chapter? Those are the more exciting sort of things. Now, for my client who asked, with that, a lot of relationships have changed and I'm starting to move forward and then having a lot of feelings come up around this and being really angry and hating them and having hatred for them, and I know I shouldn't. Here's the other thing. When you're in this process, to the greatest extent possible, you let go of judgment, and everything about you is okay, and you just get curious about it. Because when intense feelings come up, when these victim and other archetypes come up, they are just guarding some piece of information that we told ourselves we weren't ready to have. Whether it is the awareness of the intensity of a feeling, whether it is a feeling that we didn't think was okay and couldn't express when we were little, whether it is just, there are some times where we're just afraid to be great because it doesn't make sense how we could be great. It doesn't make sense how I just came from a middle-class Midwestern upbringing. I don't know how to do this or that, so... It'd be weird if I was a standout above the crowd, famous or whatever. It'd be weird if I became a best-selling writer because I have a friend who's been trying to write for years and years and years and can't get published. Oh, that wouldn't be fair if I just showed up on the scene. And we'll actually hold ourselves back from that. We will also oddly hold ourselves back from, oh, I see that people really struggle with being happy, but it's so easy for me. I must be doing something wrong because it just is too easy, so I should figure this out. And we'll hide ourselves from ourselves so that we give ourselves something to do. All we're doing is untangling ourselves 
And let me tell you another story. There was a time, I think it was, mm-hmm. oh, it wasn't that far away. It was this winter, okay. The relationship deteriorated, me and my husband, to quite a degree. And he said something so mean. And, and I knew I wanted to stay together, but at that point I wasn't exactly sure why, because I hated him. And I hated him, and I shouldn't hate him, right? I should not hate him. I know that I want the blah, blah, blah. And he just went round and round and round, and what can I say so that I could let him know how I feel? What could I say so that I didn't feel like a hateful person, and how can I get this reconciliation moving along? And what I actually did different that night was I said, what if I just let myself hate him? And I fell asleep. And until that point, I was in my head swirling around trying to fix it, trying to make it better, trying to not have the feeling that I was having. And what I normally do when I'm in that is I try harder and I fuck things up worse. It happens with arts and crafts all the time. Oh, it's just that little glitter piece out. Let me put it in the whole things and now you got to fingerprint clear as day on the glass that can't come out because it's glue like when sometimes you, you just let it go because sometimes the fixing it paying more attention to the problem with it engaging with it further makes it a bigger mess it's how do I want to show up here what's actually going on oh I fucking hate him right now. I hate everything that he says and does right now. It irritates me. It gets under my skin. And actually, there is no way I could make that evaporate to the extent that I could effectively communicate not that to him. Anything that I say or do is going to be leading with that energy you I don't like. (laughs) I don't like you. No matter what words come out of my mouth, that's the energy that's going to be leading. So let yourself have your feelings. Feedback is the breakfast of superheroes. You got a feeling of hate. What are you hating? A lot of times it's not them. It's how you feel around them. And how you feel around them still isn't them. It's what you're telling yourself about you. That you think is coming from them because they're the ones that have always been around. It could be you're hating how you feel around them because you're trying to pull something out of them because you're a healer. That also happens. It could be that you hate how you feel around them because that is just the energy that they are and that they be because that's the level of consciousness that they are, but you don't have to choose that anymore. So it really a lot of times isn't them. And a lot of times when we go into this, I just want to tell them how I feel, check and see if you're going for an outcome. Because if you are, you're screwed. You've got an agenda and that shit smells a mile away and it's never going to go the way you want. Now, if you say, I just need to say how I feel because I just need to say how I feel, that's one thing. And then often you can do that with proxy. You can do that with a safe person. If you do need to say it to the other person, I always recommend give it two more days than you think, at least. Because I wish I would have every time I needed somebody to know how I feel, if I waited 24 more hours, I didn't even feel that way anymore. But I did as long as I was spinning it in my head. That's how I could keep it going for days and days and weeks and weeks. But as soon as I actually said, okay, I'm going to talk to him, but it's going to be on this day, I'll actually do something, it, then it allowed the space to change. So when there's intense feelings in this process, some of it actually just is the insecurity and the perceived lack of safety of not knowing who I am And that's what we're reacting to. But if we take 
one teeny tiny step back and remember, oh, I asked for that change, so this had to happen. Nothing's going wrong. I am totally safe because I'm actually the one that called this in and am orchestrating the whole thing. So as long as I'm in charge, I'm going to be okay. Because as long as I'm in charge, meaning I, meaning the divine, the soul that's tapped into the creator connected consciousness so that nothing could possibly go wrong, I'm good. I can roll with this. I can handle what this is. Now the skills that need to be developed, how do I want to show up here is going to show us what skills also need to develop. I need to handle my shit, which means I can't go into immediately defeat and give up. I can't try harder to make somebody else agree with me. I can't insist that I need someone to understand me. I can't lose two days of work productivity because I can't think straight. I have to make a move anyway, which means while I'm in this process, some stuff might have a little bit of rougher edges than it normally does, like today's power hour. Might be a little bit more rough around the edges than other ones have been, just because I'm in a process. But hey, I still showed up. I'm still showing up how I'd like to be, which is consistent. I'm honest. This is real talk. I'm being vulnerable. I'm giving my life as Cliff's notes. I'm not trying to hide this shit and be like, I do everything right, because I don't. But I also do want to be like, how else am I showing up? I'm noticing my progress. I used to never give myself credit for nothing until I had absolutely achieved the goal 110%. Then maybe I could say I did that. I think I was skiing for about three years before people would say, do you ski, that I'd say yes. That was three years after I took a lesson because I'd been skiing two years before that just very badly. I finally got a lesson and realized what my body was supposed to be doing. And I had been living and making it down slopes, just not efficiently, not well able to stop under my own command. But after being able to do that for three years, did I actually say, yeah, I know how to do that. Same with mountain biking. I'm just that way. Some of it's just kind of laughable. But now it's just now I'm actually in a course to learn something that I don't know how to do. And I'm beating myself up for how slow I am. I just want to get it and I want to get it now. And, and I have to just watch. Okay, now I know that that is part of my process too. Yeah, we must be sisters from another mister. It might very well be because we are connected. And that's one thing that I finally started getting. I know I'm not the only one who's gone through this. And I just wish somebody was speaking about these things when I was going through this process. Because it took me forever, it felt like, to find somebody who actually knew what I was talking about, who wasn't trying to diagnose me who wasn't trying to medicate me, who wasn't trying to tell me to just put it in God's hands and release all control because there is absolute surrender is where the power is, but there was also nobody talking about the pragmatics of how do you live then? How do you go about creating a life, going to school, having a husband, Making babies, not making babies, making meals, not because God is not going to come down and cook my food for me. Okay, so when I just did how some of the religious, super spiritual, like, like these things were just going to come down from a blanket from heaven, that isn't going to work either. <laughs> the victim child would have loved that, but it's not working that way. So I'm all about the pragmatics. We're spiritual beings in a physical body. We have to do physical things 
to take care of our spirituality. In the physical is the spiritual, and in the spiritual nourishes the physical. They're intertwined. Mind, body, there's messages going both ways. There is so much information coming from your subconscious, which is largely anchored in the nervous system in your body, going up to the central nervous system in your brain and your spinal cord. And then there's things coming from here that then go down. The emotions are just the in-between that are getting us to emote, to move. It's just learning how all this comes together. And also, finally, somebody saying in a way, in a shape, in a form that hopefully it gets through the eardrums, through your filter of your emotional addictions, that says you can't do it wrong. You've got a soul that's infinite. There is no possible way you're going to miss it. If you miss that opportunity, another one will be there. It will not have that name, shape, face, body type, blonde hair, blue eyes, or tall, dark, and handsome. It won't be that guy named Chad, but it might be the next guy named Sven. I don't know. But if love with, with a male is what you're looking for, you will have it, but you don't get the timeline. If you want to have a child and you don't have a uterus, there are still other ways to have a child. It just didn't match what you thought growing up. But it's more and more just relaxing and opening and saying, but I want to know myself as a mom. It could be to plants, house pets, foster cats, foster kids, your own little sister, who knows? But motherhood is actually much broader than we think of just birthing a baby through the vagina and then raising it. Same with love, same with marriage, same with partnerships, same with business, same with success. They all have much broader definitions than we've been taught. And it's just, we're just cracking this open. We're unlearning the confined constraints of who we are and what it means to live in the world and what it means to be successful and happy and opening it up and saying, what does it mean for me? Because that's where I finally get to be present in my life. And to some extent, the process is uncomfortable because there will be a time when we don't even know who the hell we are or which end is up because we've lost our reference points. If you're feeling really lost, it's very well possible. It's kind of a good thing. You're moving in the direction that you actually want to go. You're just in that in-between point, what my friend calls the goo phase of metamorphosis. There's actually a part where the caterpillar is actually more gelatinous than anything solid. And it, if you opened it up, it wouldn't look like anything. We, that's our middle part. That's where it is. That's where the brain synapses kind of don't. Sometimes you do just go through the motions. But then when things start to come together, the metamorphosis of this portion becomes complete. You get wings, then you're like, shit, I only knew how to walk. How do you fly? And you flap a couple of times and smack. And you flap a couple of times and smack. But then if you keep going, you're going and you're flying. Like again, the coach this morning, he says, everything that you know now, at one point you didn't know. And now if you think of all the things that you know you don't know, think of how much there is to know. And what if what you were curious about knowing was who am I really? How much more fun can I have? What did I come to bring? What does happiness mean to me? What does, like for me, what does it mean to be married? What does that mean to me? 
What does it look like for us that actually is us and not based on our parents? That's why a lot of, ship, a lot of relationships don't work is because they're based on our reference points of what we've seen, what we know. And what we're doing here in Power Hour and in the 90-day relationship remodel is learning how to remodel these things, to deprogram, untangle, and unwind ourselves from what we think that we know so that we can actually learn something new that allows more of ourselves to be present. Then it gets to be more real, more powerful, more fulfilling, and more contributive to ourselves and the whole planet. Because you're magic. And it is a shame when some relationships end because we have a tendency to interpret, oh, I guess they couldn't see it. Oh, I guess it wasn't true. It's not. We don't know how it ends. It might come and they come back in. That's happened a lot. I have, a, I have an identical twin sister. And I say our life has looked like this, where we will move apart and then we come together. We move apart and we come together. And when we are apart, having been trained that we're identical twin sisters and we share everything and we should always be close and connected, that this at first was very, very painful because it felt like something was wrong. But then life would happen and we would start to come back together and reconnect and then it felt nice again because it felt right. And then we'd move apart and it felt bad because it was wrong until I started to see this is the pattern. We do, for being identical twins, we are really different and seeing how we are different that then it wasn't wrong, it wasn't bad, it didn't hurt. It was just, there was a time where we weren't talking as much and there was, that's just, and, and then trusting we might come back together. Now the same has actually happened with my mom, but more and more we kind of are moving apart because the only way we can move together is for me to stop myself or slow down or halt. Now, what I used to do then is being like, oh, hard and fast, just going the other way, screw you, lady, not going to happen. Now I understand that I can tap in and connect, but I don't have to lower my vibration, and it doesn't have to be all of me. It's actually just, I also recognize I want a mom. I don't want this to be completely alienating because that does hurt, that it doesn't have to be an all or nothing that way. So... I can come down for a little bit, and then when she starts to do the super complaining, going into stuff, I say, oh, can we change the subject or I'm going to go, and then I either change the subject because she's still not good at it, or I actually leave the room and do something else. I've also gotten better with that with my husband, to where it used to be very painful. Like, we're, we're dude and dudette, okay, girl and guy, there is no way you move like this. That just isn't going to happen. There's no Venus and Mars that work like that that I have ever seen or met in my entire life. And if they're telling you that, they're probably full of bullshit. Everybody needs a little bit of space, okay? So, it used to hurt like this, meaning that that means we're breaking up. Oh, my goodness. And I, I threw a question out in a group that says, if you're thinking, do you, how do you know if you say you're go? People say, if you even think about it, you're ready to go. I don't agree at all. That's totally different power for a different day. But you just learn how to weave with people. 
and that in this distance you then might have the space to see some things that have been hurting for a long time that might bring up some really intense anger or hate or sadness but instead of trying to go back and let them know to just be like let me give myself a little bit more space and see what's actually here because a lot of times what we think it is at first isn't necessarily what it is in totality we're just scraping the surface and if we scrape just a little bit more just give it a little bit more time it becomes a little bit more clear so I just looked at the clock whoa I talked for a long time so here are the key points so I can kind of bring it together everything in the universe is responding to you you are the hub of the wheel what we are learning to do here on this planet here in power hour in a 90-day relationship remodel is how to understand that i'm the hub of the wheel so i call the shots and the magic question for today is how do i want to show up because that gets me out of the outcome driven dirty agenda attention seeking uh, outcome and then feeling like a failure because it didn't turn out the way that I wanted. It gets us back into process. It also attunes myself to me. How do I want to show up? What is my image and sense of badassery? For me, I've had to learn, like, if I want to be badass here, I shut up. Don't try harder. For some people, it might be the opposite. Instead of just ducking out and saying, peace out, whatever, I actually dig in and say, I get to be here and I'm going to be heard. Everybody's process is a little bit different. Everybody is having more than one process, so it's not going to be the same all the time. Oh, I'm so bad at introducing new information at the end. Feedback is the breakfast of superheroes. What is showing up in your life currently? How you feel? The, the emotional state that you are in your climate the circumstances that are showing up the people that are showing up their feedback for how you're currently and were resonating when things are falling apart and everything is confusing instead of interpreting it as failing or fucking up ask yourself is this what i've been asking for showing up in a way that i didn't expect because you probably asked to see something more about yourself to, to go to the next level, to go for greater, so all that wasn't congruent is showing up for you to see it, so you can walk away from it, reconcile, or heal it. Because you can have greater. And if things look like crap and your ducks are not even in a fenced pen, you might actually just be in the midst of the process. So that if you can take a break Come out of reacting, come out of any justifying, any, any rationalization about fair, about innocence, anything that's going to get you into some sort of learned helplessness victim thing to where the power's outside of yourself. Let go of the reaction and just sort of take a breath. Let's do that. What's really going on here? Did I, did I ask for this in some way? And then go about your business and you might just get, yeah. I asked. I asked it to play at a different level. 
This is why it's showing up. Great. Now how do I not react to this? Take another breath. How do I want to show up here? How do I want to come through this? How do I want to go to sleep smiling with how I handled this? That's how you start living life on your terms. And if you are ready to be the badass that inspires other badasses to become more badass, then let's talk. The 90-day relationship model is the bestest, because I like superlative superlatives, and fastest way that I know how, because I'm using my life's as cliff notes, naturopathic medicine, quantum physics, applied psychology, brain physiology, nutrition, uh, you name it, I put it in there if I've had any experience with it so that you don't have to read a gazillion books. And we're going to get you started to really understanding this process that I'm talking about to get out of reaction so that you can just start looking at how do I want to handle this and just be moving forward. There's no way to extract the discomfort out of it. There is no way to bypass it because if you're really going to move to the next level, you've got to disengage from stuff, learn new skills, let things go. There's no, nobody else can do this but you. But this is the fastest way that I know. And it's a gift that I'd like to give to you. And you accepting it and having it is a gift for you and a gift to me to be able to do that for you. Now I'm here for you every week in Power Hour because I just love these conversations as much and I just want to be here and, and to the greatest extent possible to be an escort for you on your journey. But if, you, if you're ready to go faster and farther because you know you've been hitting your head against some of these same things over and over and you'd really just like to finally break through, then let's talk. You can message me. You can email me. Set up, we'll set up a call for clarity to make sure that it's a fit. Because we're going to be talking once a week and we're going to be talking about your stuff. That's the other thing. I'm keeping it an individual program. This one in particular is an individual-only program, so it's dedicated to you. So you can't slip through the cracks. You can't weasel out of it. Your victim's not going to be able to say anything about fair or unfair because I know that way too well. I'm going to hold you to it, but I'm also not going to let you skirt around and not think that you've made any progress either. And, and when you're in the middle and you're saying, I'm fucking up and everything's going wrong, I'll be like, no, you're just in the middle of the process and you are so close to a breakthrough, just hang on. And I will talk to you next week. How awesome would that be for you? I know it would be awesome for me. So do it for me. <laughs> All right. Well, that's your invitation to the 90-day relationship remodel. And thank you, everybody, for submitting your questions. Thank you for your brilliance. And thank you for your struggles so that we can talk about this real talk so we don't have to struggle with this anymore. And I'm already looking forward to next week so I can talk to you some more. I love you. Have a great Wednesday. And I will see you in a week. Bye-bye. Thank you all for joining us today. I'm Dr. Joylyn Maniachi, and it's been a pleasure chatting with you. This podcast is made possible through listener support. So let's keep this thing going and have more real talk. No fluff, no bullshit. Go to the Happiness Clinic page on Facebook, and you can join the group Real Talk with Dr. Joylyn Maniachi. We can continue the conversation in Power Hour, the weekly group coaching on Wednesdays at noon, Mountain Time. You can also go to ihappentothings.com. Go to the podcast page and support this podcast. While you're there, check out my blog and even get a badass t-shirt from the Happiness Clinic. We've got so many ways to connect. Thanks again for listening, and I invite you to join me again in the next episode.